You're listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Just a sample of the best pro wrestling podcasts we could produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, at Podmania, YouTube, and Instagram, at The Real Podmania. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at www.podmania.weebly.com. Let's do this. Welcome to another episode of the Podmania podcast, the fourth take of this podcast because of my damn, damn internet. I'm not going to call out the internet provider, Talk Talk. Um, honestly, the worst connection I've ever had. I shall be making a rather strongly worded phone call. But I am your host, Rob Godwin, and I am joined once again by Garth Jackson. How are you, my friend? Good, good. A damn side better than I am by the sound of it. Cut. Hey, you just have to laugh. Yeah, we've tried so many times to start this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, um, but we're here now, we're going to try and go again, otherwise I'm doing it on my own and literally doing a quick take. Um, quick programming note before we start, though I feel like I probably won't have time for this, um, we are moving our podcast to a Tuesday. Um, Chris will still be on a Sunday with the Young Lion podcast. Um, we are going to be moving to a Tuesday because we didn't realise the impact aired on a Thursday. We thought it aired on a Friday. So it makes sense for us to review the impact episode on Friday on the following Tuesday. Um, because otherwise we are reviewing the episode as we are today. We're reviewing last week's episode when this week's episode is airing effectively <laughs> tonight. So it just gives us more chance and you more chance to digest what we're saying, basically. Yeah. But today we are reviewing Ring of Honor episode 358 from Fairfax, Virginia, and we are also looking at Impact Wrestling from the 26th of July, the aftermath of the absolutely fantastic Slammiversary show. But we'll get to that in a moment. We're going to start with Ring of Honor, Garth. What did you think of the show overall? I thought it was good. It was just a nice short slice of TV wrestling. Yeah, really, really nice. good. It was nice to not have to worry about watching three hours or uh, 15 different half-finished stories. Or yeah. it wasn't a mammoth pay-per-view. It was just a nice hour, quick TV. You weren't bombarded with storylines, and that's a yeah. big thing I've noticed, which is good, and obviously that's slightly different on Impact. But on Ring of Honor, you aren't bombarded with storylines. It is a case of this is happening, this is happening, this is happening, and it's the end. Yeah. Really, really easy to follow, so I'm absolutely over the moon about that. The first match, Kushida versus Jonathan Grisham, absolutely fantastic, really, really good just wrestling match. Yeah, um, really these two different. Can, yeah, these two can really, really go in the ring. Fantastic chemistry. Um, I have a feeling that Jonathan Grisham, they have a storyline going with Jonathan Grisham at the moment, and you know, Colt Cabana made constant references to this, yeah. that... He is in this perpetual state of putting on these fantastic matches, but just can't seem to get the victories. Um, yeah. And obviously, yeah. it's very similar here against Kashida. Now you can you can see he's going to have to sort of try some t- sort of dirty tactic. Yeah, definitely. And I wonder if that's going to mean a heel turn for him, or whether he aligns himself with someone. Yeah. Um. You know, I don't know who he'd align himself with, um, but this, this was definitely sort of there was obviously mutual respect, but it was quite an uneasy respect. Yeah, there was very much a one-upmanship. Yeah. Um, for the first five minutes of this match, it was literally though both mm-hmm. of them seamless Matt wrestling, just yeah. constantly reversing holds, constantly reversing each other's moves, and then there was one minute where Kashida Woods. Um, Reverse a move would be behind Grisham, just tap him on the back as though to go, I'm here now, buddy. Yeah. I'm better than you. And Try it was and just that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. There was almost a healthy competition between the two, or it started that way. Um, they then had a lovely 10 minutes where they just rolled around the ring, attempting to pin each other in this <laughs> almost seamless reversal of pinfalls, which was just excellent. Really, really enjoyed that. In fact, I was talking to you before we came on air you know, the first, second or third time um, (laughs) about how (laughs) even though this was effectively a junior heavyweight match and we're so accustomed now, especially with New Japan and, you know, 
the good work they're doing on 205 Live for them to be some manner of big spot. Yeah. You know, if it's a, if it's a, you know, in inverted commas, a junior heavyweight match. But no, not here. And I think the match was not better for it, but I think a big spot wouldn't have really fit with the story they were trying to tell in this match. Yeah, and it would have probably signalled either the end or some sort of turn. Yeah, absolutely. Um, instead, Kushida just constantly attempted to lock in the hoverboard lock, um, really, really trying to injure Gresham's arm. Um, doesn't clock, doesn't lock it in the first time. Gresham gets the upper hand. Uh, they have a forearm exchange. Gresham manages this deadlift German suplex, which looked lovely. Um, Kushida eventually wins with a Back to the Future. And after the match, even as the commentary team are cutting to a backstage segment, you can see in the eyes of Jonathan Grisham, even you know as they shake hands, it's very much of a case of, I am so close to snapping. Yeah, yeah. Um, and well, that was sort of he he's sort of thinking that was harder than it should have been. Yeah, and again, Cole Cabana said, "Oh, he's put on another fantastic match and not been able to, you know, just go that that last almost meter to mm-hmm. win." Yeah. And it's a nice story to have. It's a, you know, it's a simple storyline. You know, it's making Grisham look good because he's consistently putting on fantastic matches. Um, you know, he won it on a for all, but you know, in singles competition, he's constantly coming up short, and I think that's yeah. good. Yeah. Um, we cut them backstage very, very briefly to Marty Skirl, who will be taking on the Hurricane Shane Helms, <laughs> who apparently is still a thing. Did yeah. not know he was still a thing, um, but apparently Marty Skill has taken him on next week. So I've heard for the number one contendership for the TV title. Um, yeah. <laughs> basically, the entire premise of this promo was Marty Skill saying, "You cosplay as a superhero, while I am a real life villain." Yeah. You know, I like that. It's good. Yeah, serviceable promo, nothing special. Um, but yeah, Marty Skill's fantastic. I'm sure it's going to be an entertaining match next week. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we then cut to aftermath of uh, Best in the World when the Briscoes beat the Young Bucks for the tag titles and SoCal Uncensored, who had been in a big feud with the Young Bucks, came out to stop the Briscoes attacking them. And we sort of got a little bit of reasoning why from Christopher Daniels especially. So, from what I understand, and don't forget me and Garth are not familiar with the Ring of Honor product, but what we can gather is that um, Joe Coff, who is the owner, I don't, I don't know, he seems to be a man of some description in, you know, in a high position or a position of power, has told uh, SoCal Uncensored that they will be gone. They are gone from the company. But what I quite like is, rather than just firing them immediately, he's given them a date that they are fired from the company by. And that date is after final battle in December. What Christopher Daniels has said is, um, what what would you want to do with that time? And he brings Frankie Kazarian. I think Frankie Kazarian was fantastic in this. He said, imagine that you knew when you were going to go. What would you want to do with your time? Would you want to hold your family? Would you want to go out in a blaze of glory? Well, we've had time to think about that. We want, you know, we've spent so much time getting to the position we're in. We don't want to waste that. And what they've said is rather than going to joke off hat in hand, saying, (laughs) you know, can we have a jobs back, please? They've said, we're going to earn it. We're going to earn our position. And they've said basically, sorry, Briscoes, but you're in our way. Yeah, I mean it was it's a good promo. It was serious, which it's, it's not often they do really serious promos. No, um, it was quite goofy. Yeah, I thought Kaz or Frankie Kazarian's bit was very very good. Christopher Daniels yeah. was always fantastic. Um, Scorpio Sky didn't say a lot. Uh, stood there looking menacing, which <laughs> he's good at. Um, but they said that, you know, 45 years combined of wrestling experience, we're not here to mess around anymore. Yeah. We're in this position now. We want to stay there. And basically they're announcing their attempt at getting the tag titles off the Briscoes, which yeah. that should be a fantastic match. Yeah. I'm really well do, excited yeah. for that. 
we then moved on to our second match of the night, and this was Women of Honor Tag Action. What I like is, at the moment, I get the feeling that Ring of Honor are really, really trying to push their women's um, their women's division, their women's yeah. roster. Um, it's never something that's been a huge thing. Obviously, they've had Women of Honor, and very, very recently, they've bought in the Women of Honor Championship and mm-hmm. crowned that via um, a, ch- a tournament. Um, they've bought in some notable names, but they still lack that wow factor, if that makes sense. Um, you know, that big name. You know how yeah. Impact has got Tessa Blanchard now, and I feel like they can build that around Tessa. You know, WWE have got any number of names now. Yeah. But, you know, Ring of Honor are moving in the right direction. They're bringing in t- talent from Stardom, um, which is where the talent from today comes. It was a tag match between... Right, I really, really apologise if I get this name wrong. It's Oido Tai. Yeah, Okay, uh, which is Kagatsu yeah. and Hana. Kagatsu is the current World of Stardom champion, uh, taking on the team of Jenny Rose and Maya Iwatani, yeah. who I believe Mayu, sorry, Iwatami, who I believe is sort of the central figure of World of Stardom. Now I'm not familiar at all with Stardom promotion, but there we are. Uh, Mandy Leon came in, joined commentary. Uh, Colt Cabana stroked a coat. <laughs> which was peculiar. <laughs> Ian just sort of looked at it and went, that's not okay, Colt, don't do that again. <laughs> which I thought was quite funny. Um, but yeah, the match itself was a pretty decent match. Um, Kagatsu and Hana obviously had the vast majority of the offence with them being an actual team. Yeah, I like I like Kagatsu. It's quite um, intense. Yeah, she is. And they bought... They, the commentary team did well selling how yeah. basically much of a monster Mental. she is, really. <laughs> yeah, how horrible she is. Um, basically, every time Jenny Rose or uh, Maya, or Mayu, sorry, attempted to pin, the other one would come in and break it up. Um, there wasn't a lot in the way of massive moves, but what I loved was Mayu did had both uh, Kagatsu and Hana in wrist locks and then springboarded off the middle awesome. rope um, into good, a yeah. wrist lock double takeover, which was it looked gorgeous. It was really, really nice. Um, Jenny Rose hit a sidewalk slam into a fisherman's suplex, which was really good. She seemed to be really powerful. But Hannah, um, Hannah seemed to be quite um, for her size, quite strong. She did, yeah, she did. Picking people up, yeah. Um, and Jenny Rose looked quite buff as well. So mm-hmm. you know, she was. To be honest, all the women in this match did things. Re- I mean, the ending of this match with Shaw Kagatsu pick up Jenny Rose and hit her with a sort of... It was sort of a... I don't know what you call it, really. It was like a fireman's carry into a sit-out so slam. A, a firewoman's fire carry, weren't they? Oh, a firewoman's carry into like yeah. a sit-out sit out position, which yeah. looked fine. That was Jenny Rose uh, taking the pinfall there. And Oido Tai obviously win the match. But yeah, it was really, really good. There was a moment where uh, Kagatsu distracted the ref and Hannah hit both of uh, the opposing team with like a wooden board. It was like a board, yeah. Which didn't seem to hurt at <laughs> all. It, I don't know. I don't know whether it's just because it wasn't metal. It just didn't seem to have the impact yeah. that a steel chair would have. But there you are. Just, just a solid, decent match. Yeah, there was a buzzsaw yeah. kick from Kagatsu which looked like it oh, genuinely it hurt. And then like a mean clothesline as well. There was a couple of mean clotheslines, especially from Jenny Rose. Yeah. But yeah, really good match again. Enjoyable. Nothing big to speak of. No massive spots or main talking points or anything. Obviously, the storyline's not going anywhere in Ring of Honor, seen as three of the four stars are from Stardom. But yeah, a really good match and a really good showcase for a lot of the women's talent. Um, We then cut backstage to Jay Lethal, who... Um, last week won the Ring of Honor Championship from Dalton Castle in a uh, Four Corners elimination. Uh, sorry, a Four Corners. Did they call it a Four Corners survival match? I think with Matt Taven yeah. and Cody. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, uh, Jay Lethal um, won that. He then called out the entire locker room, saying he was ready. It's not the belt that makes the man. He thought that before, but now he's got it again. He knows that he is the best, and therefore that's why the Ring of Honor title is the best. Solid promo. It'll be interesting to see who number one contender ends up being and who he ends up taking on. Um, I can't help but I can't help but hear Ric Flair's voice. 
<laughs> because of what he used to do in TNA. Because of the woos. He used to do the proper voice. He he, he did um because he he obviously did the the like the macho man thing. Yeah. And he did, he also did a thing where he was mimicking um Ric Flair for a long time, and it, it sounded just like Flair. Nice. And Flair was flipping his lid at the time. This is when Flair was in TNA. Oh God! Um, <laughs> if you haven't seen it, you need to check it on uh, YouTube. Um, no, I will do. It, it honestly, if you close your eyes, you think it's him. And Ric Flair starts elbow dropping his jacket and everything. Oh, I have seen that. It's the it's where they start. It's where they have the woo off. Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> it's because he keeps <laughs> keeps doing that thing that uh, Flair does with it. You know. He's <laughs> like doing the pants and everything. Yeah, I have seen that. I, I have seen that. Every time I hear Jay Lethal talk, I still hear that. <laughs> Scarred you for life. Totally. Um, our main <laughs> event then. So, um, the Kingdom, who are the Ring of Honor tag team champ, uh, six man tag team champions. I love how there's a six man tag uh, belt. I love it. I think it's Brilliant. ace. I think there's yeah. so many trios that you know. I'm surprised more promotions don't have it. I know Ring of Honor do, and I know that um, Lucha Underground don't have tag belts. They just have the um, Lucha Trios title. The amount of six months that um, WWE have been dishing out recently, they need one. That's true. That's true. The Undisputed Era should just hold it forever as well. Yeah. Um, but they were taking on the sort of ragtag team of yeah. Kenny King, Chuck T, and Eli Isom. Um, they Trip, were sort um, of billed as being there by fluke. Yeah. Double A was on the... Uh... Announce yes, well. Austin Aries uh, turned up on commentary um, with his impact belt, with his impact belt and another belt that I didn't I didn't see which promotion it was from, and a banana, obviously always a banana. He's so good, like, he's fantastic. He, even here, when he said, um, "What was it?" He said, uh, "What was it?" He said, "He said one of them." He just says, "Oh, it was uh, the, the champs decided to, to join us." Because he wants to do something, he says. Because I want to do, I'm the champion. <laughs> champion does what he wants. Yeah, it 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 did make me laugh that he just randomly turned up to this match, seeming you know, despite having no ties to anyone yeah. in this match. <laughs> you know, it wasn't the Ring of Honor Championship, wasn't even the TV Championship. It was literally just a random match he turned up to. The champ just turns up when he wants to turn up, all right. And he just he totally kept leaning into Kenny King. Yeah, he did. He had he had a proper thing for Kenny King. Um, this match, though, it was very much centred around Eli Isom, who I yeah. feel they, they being Ring of Honor, are placing a lot of stock in. And Especially considering what they said about him only sort of wrestling for I a year. I was just going to say, considering that lad has been wrestling a year, he has got bags of potential. Yeah. Bags and bags and bags. Um, I love the kingdom. The kingdom were obviously coming out to the ring and they had a uh, sort of a screen in screen promo and they were just laughing, which made me laugh. I love, I love Matt Taven. <laughs> he's brilliant. Matt Taven's fantastic. I think TK Orion's really understated as well. I really yeah. like him. Um, I just love the fact that they just laughed. It wasn't really a promo. It was just them laughing at the fact yeah. that, you know, these three men were challenging them. Um, you know, another good match. Um, Eli Ison was the main man really Chucky T at one point uh, was sort of directing traffic in the middle with a different member of the kingdom in three of the corners and they sort of did um, a carousel of elbowing the people in the corners which was quite cool and then they all you know they joined it off with a hug because obviously Chucky T best friends Um, but (laughs) yeah Isom was the main figure here well when they sort of cornered Isom and they were all leaning into him and um, Ari said yeah you might see the Isomating him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. And then no one laughed and went, shut up, it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant. But he was like, um, there was a bit where Kenny King came into the ring and started punching. Um, he did this wonderful cartwheel kick onto Taven oh, yeah. on the outside, but then he got caught showing off. And Austin Aries then just laid into him again and said, you know, mm-hmm. you've got to find the, you know, that. So that medium between showing off and being a champion, yeah. Kenny King has all the potential in the world, but he just he won't be champion if he does stuff like this. Yeah, it's like he needs to like check his head, sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. The stupidest spot of the night was saved for near the end, where Eli Isom goes to the top, and uh, <laughs> Vinnie Marcellia, 
who takes whose nickname is the Hurricane, seemingly takes his gimmick from it, uh, popped a bloom by his head to disturb his, <laughs> and I quote, to disturb his equilibrium. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. I like that. I, I just laughed at that. I really got a kick out of that. I was like, you being serious? Um, this set up the sort of finishing, um, sort of finishing, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Rockstar Sequence. Supernova. Thing. Yeah, the Rockstar Supernova, which um, Matt Taven gets Elias him up for the powerbomb. Um, TKO Ryan and Vinny Marcellia um, come back off the ropes. I'm still not entirely sure what they do or how think- they help. Are they supposed to get his arms and pull him down? Is that what they do? I think so, Because yeah. it looked like they were doing cutters, but they were the wrong way. Yeah. And I was like, like I don't really understand how you're helping the situation. There was a really good bit with, um, with Isom uh, hitting uh, Taven on the chest and stuff, and Taven just shouted, stop it! <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> I forgot about that! That was really funny. <laughs> But yeah, obviously Eli Ison takes the um takes the Rockstar Supernova. The Kingdom retain. Um and that was the end of Ring of Honor episode three five eight. I yeah. thoroughly enjoyed this show. Yeah, um yeah, I think they managed to cram a lot into an hour. I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to next week getting to see Marty Skull versus uh, Hurricane Helms. I think it's gonna be a good night. Really yeah, good night. Just a perfect hour, like three matches, four matches and just quickly in with it, a load of backstage stuff. Yeah, works. absolutely. Uh, right, let's get to Impact then. Impact from the twenty sixth of July. Obviously, a lot of this is going to be uh, aftermath or fallout from Slammiversary sixteen to the point where we have a couple of rematches from that show. Um, yeah. We start with Austin Aries in the ring, who obviously retained his uh, belt <laughs> against Moose. Have you heard that Dave Meltzer has had to correct his star ratings? No, no. Because he mistyped the Austin really? Aries Moose one. He gave it three and a quarter stars and he meant to give it four and a quarter. Really? Apparently so, know. that's what I've heard. Wow. Um, but it has now been changed to four and a quarter. But that does mean it's the same level as Pentagon, Sammy Callahan. Uh, nah, that's it. I think three and a quarter is probably about right. I th- I'd have been happy with four. I thought Austin Aries versus Moose was a great match. Mm-hmm. I thought. Pentagon Sammy Callahan was better. Better, yeah. Um, but I think three and a quarter was that. I thought it was too low. But there you go. That's irrelevant. Austin Aries was in the ring promo. Promo's class. This promo was brilliant, but... Thank you, but I know my name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a way to shut uh, to shut down a crowd. Um, also, the one guy, the one guy who carried on with Austin Aries, shot the fuck up. Oh, yeah. You could see he was like just staring on him for a second. But the camera panned onto him, and it just didn't affect him at all. Yeah. It was like, shut up. I loved how his his promo, he was really emphasising the word wrestling. (laughs) He kept sort really sort of using that word. Well, I want to talk about this. Basically, he calls out absolutely everyone, says he's there every Thursday night um, to defend his Impact World Championship. Um, how many shots did you count at the WWE? Because I counted three. That's a few. <laughs> um, there was the shot at WWE scripting their promos. Yeah. There was the shot at not allowing the people to wrestle how they want. Or not even allow you to use the word wrestling. But yeah, there was that as well. And of course, there was the <clears throat> the jibe about the fact that he was there, a fighting mm-hmm. champion. Obviously yeah. a jibe of Brock Lesnar. But... And this, this is the problem that I have with Impact slash TNA. You've done, you've put on an absolutely outstanding show in Slammiversary. Your TV product is better than it has been in years. And, you know, you've just put out on Twitter that you're breaking all sorts of records. You know, your website yeah. has had more hits. Your Twitter's got more followers and so on. And so, <gasps> pardon me, so on and so on and so on. You do not need to start taking jibes or very very thinly veiled stabs at the WWE just concentrate on your own WCW took stabs at the WWF you know for whatever you know with whatever happened they've gone out of business you know TNA decided they were going to go up against the WWE look what happened or very very nearly happened to them just concentrate on your own product it's a good product loads of people are talking about it don't call 
out the I wonder if I wonder if this was more just Aries. Could have been. Could have been. He's probably got a bit of an axe to grind with them. The fact that they just chewed him up and spat him out. Yeah. Yeah, potentially. Um, however, uh, what I will say is I doubt Austin Aries is thinking about the WWE at the moment because at the end of his promo, who should appear? But big sh- It was actually quite a big shock. It was. I didn't expect this, but Eddie Edwards appeared laid into him with a kendo stick and held up the belt. Now, there was yeah. A, that answers our question of what's going to happen to Eddie Edwards now. He's obviously going after the championship. <laughs> B, I don't think there's a chance in hell of him getting that championship of Austin Aries. Nah. And C, he was booed. Yep. Which, Which means, means, by you know, by default, Austin Aries is the face. Yeah, which... Unless it's going to be a triple threat again. What, between Ares, Moose? Moose. Well, Moose is out injured, apparently. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, I sent that to you, didn't I, a couple of days ago? Which is gutting. I'm not entirely sure what spot it was that led to his injury, but yeah, he's injured now. Unless someone else comes in, like, I don't know, moving... I don't know, like... I don't know, even like people like Eli Drake and stuff there. Heal, aren't they? Yeah. Or is he? Well, to be fair, Eli Drake seems to be in a programme with Joe Hendry at the moment, so I don't know who... I don't really know who you're going to get in unless you bring in Pentagon again. Yeah. Maybe Sammy Callahan. Um, Who knows? Who knows? That's interesting, though. Yeah. It's interesting. Absolutely. It'll be interesting to see where they go with it tonight. Um, We then got into our first match of the night, a Slammiversary rematch between Petey Williams and Taiji Ishimori. Good match. A lot of yep. repeated spots, though, from Slammiversary. I noticed that, yeah. Um, so you got Peter Williams singing the National Anthem of Canada while he was standing above Ishimori. Um, you got him repeatedly trying to hit the Canadian Destroyer but not being able to hit it. It's a really good um, spot in the corner with Ishimori where he sort of, sort of dodged out the way. Um, he sort of flipped through the middle rope and back round. Yes. And then did the, the drop kick. Absolutely fantastic. But did you notice that that was used later on in the night? Um, yeah, I've got that wrote down as well. But, yeah, absolutely. To be honest, Taji Ishimori is absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic, as is Petey Williams. Um, Petey Williams doesn't get the Canadian Destroyer um, out, unfortunately. He gets hit with a bloody cross by Taji Ishimori, which is a fantastic <laughs> move. I love it. Um, which is sort of like a DDT into a one-need codebreaker, which, fantastic move, three count, and Taiji Shimori is your victor. Doesn't end there, though, because they are hit from behind by the Desi Hit Squad, <laughs> um, who okay. beat both men down um, under the tutelage of Gama Singh, who you said, I believe, yeah. is Jinder Mahal's uncle. uncle? Yeah. Ah, yeah. there you go. Um, yeah, so where that goes... Again, whether we'll end up seeing a P.T. Williams and Taiji Shimori tag team against the Desi Hit Squad, I don't know. Apparently, they are due to be on TV tonight uh, to explain their actions. So, presumably, this is next the next logical step in Ishimori and Williams' mm-hmm. uh, storyline. Yeah. We then go backstage where Anthony Corelli, or <laughs> Santino, Santino, <laughs> Santino Morella, um, is backstage talking to Alicia and um, he's with his student they're talking about how unfortunately um, Anthony can't wrestle anymore he's got a neck injury um, and he introduces his um, like his trainee from his school they talk about how well his school's going Austin Aries comes backstage very <laughs> very very annoyed at having taken a kendo stick to the stomach um, brilliant really petty line um, where he says who are you and Anthony Corelli puts out his hand and goes, uh, I'm Anthony Corelli. Yeah. You know, goes, oh, I've heard so much about him. Before he can say anything, Austin Aries goes, yeah, 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 pleased to meet me. But it's like <laughs> the pettiest thing in the world. So um, clearly he's annoyed, so he calls out Anthony Corelli for a match. Obviously, Corelli can't wrestle because of his neck. So Austin Aries turns to his student and goes, you fancy a championship shot? <laughs> uh, Corelli goes, no, of course he doesn't. His student goes, yeah, I want yeah. a championship shot. Yeah, let's go. So that is a match for tonight as well, which I can only assume that Austin Aries is going to absolutely demolish him. And um, the backstage segment was then left with Corelli going, well, 
at least he's paid his membership in advance. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> fantastic. Brilliant. Um, we then got a women's match between Rebel and Tesha, Tesha? Tessa Blanchard. Um, not a massive fan of Rebel. Seems quite green. Yeah, I mean, she was all right. She was quite athletic. She was very, um, very athletic. I believe yeah. she would. Did they say she was a cheerlead for the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, one one of the teams. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, to be able to do, did she do like a suplex into the splits? Yeah, and then oh. she did like a cartwheel and a kick or something. Yeah, and then she was. This was the bit though. She was on the top rope, and she sort of like stretched her leg up to her head and held it yeah. there. So Tessa just grabbed her. So Tessa just grabbed her, but I don't know what move she would have possibly been doing in that position. I've no idea. Um, yeah, I just I mean, I, she, she was on top for most of the match as well. She was, she was. I've got written down that it was a squash match, and the reason I've put that it's a squash match is because it literally took one Tessa Blanchard move to put her away. Yeah. Um, there was one moment when one of them was in the corner where Tessa, you can literally hear her shouting, "Rebel, Rebel, Rebel." <laughs> So, obviously, there was a little bit of miscommunication. Um, but, yeah, Tessa Blanchard manages to get the Hammerlock DDT on, hits it for the win, and she continues to dominate the women's division. Yeah. Um, I, think that, I think they were trying to put across that Tessa's got this real mean streak, but she's vulnerable. Yeah. Because all the way through it, they kept saying like she keeps, getting, she keeps letting herself get caught out. Yeah, her arrogance almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is a nice thing. It's um, a nice little thing to exploit in a future storyline. Yeah. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, so next we had the much-talked-about debut of Scarlet Bordeaux. Um, Don Callis was beside himself. He really was. Oh, he was, um, like, he was like a lecty old man. He went full, full Jerry Lawler <laughs> is the best way to describe how Don Callis was. Basically, um, Scarlett Bordeaux walked down the ramp. She was then interviewed by, is it Alicia? Yeah. Um, the backstage interviewer. Um, and Scarlett Bordeaux proceeded to say that she wants to make wrestling sexy again. <laughs> um, she wants to be, you know, the sexiest women's rights activist. She wants to be a women's rights activist. And <laughs> Alicia names one of these really obscure women's rights activists and Scarlet Bordeaux goes, no, like Marilyn Monroe. It's like, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. And then Alicia proceeds like an to try and ask either. another question and Scarlet goes, uh, shh, sh- five, a ten is talking. Yeah, and I was, was like, oh, for fuck's sake. I like that because it's total... You can see what they're trying to do with it. You can see it's purposely being this sort of, um, sort of dumb materialistic sort of blonde diva. It's a diva. Yeah, basically bringing Sable back, aren't they? Yeah. Um, what she's like in the ring, I don't know. Um, but this annoyed me um, because I felt like it was going completely against everything that women's wrestling being, you know, being pulled into the future by women like Tessa Blanchard, you know, anyone from WWE... Yeah, I just feel like bringing a personality like that can only do bad things. But I've been proved wrong before, and I'm sure this will be me being proved wrong again. I just didn't enjoy the segment. No, I can I can only assume and hope that it is a character thing, and it's she's going to be one of those sort of bitchy characters. Yeah, the last time that happened there was Eva Marie that I remember, mm. and look how well that turned out. <laughs> Um, we then had a match that I genuinely, genuinely was looking forward to. Trevor Lee versus Johnny Impact. Yeah. Um, Trevor Lee's fantastic. I like him, yeah. Um, obviously. He's like um, a bit like a sort of... He's obviously a bit like Luke Harper. Yeah. But, again, he, really sort of old school. He looks like someone from the 80s or the 70s. Yeah, he does. Black trunks, very understated entrance. Yeah, just messy beard. Yeah, John Long style hair. Sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. It comes in with Caleb Conley. Um, keeps trying to get Caleb Conley involved. Uh, Johnny Impact. This is a exhibition for him to show off all his ridiculous parkour skills. Yeah, so smooth. 
Um, there was a lovely moment where Johnny Impact attempts a springboard and um, Trevor Lee just hits him with a drop kick. Yeah. Which was lovely. Love that. Um, then they end up on the outside. Johnny Impact hits this springboard corkscrew, like cross body press yeah. thing. Um, basically like a parkour roll, um, which then sort of sets up um, Starship paying for the victory. Um, it was a good match, though. Trevor Lee was on top for vast portions of this match. A double stomp he did was pretty mean that as well. That double stomp was horrific, yes. That's good. Um, but yeah, Johnny Impact then got onto the mic and says that he wants a shot of the world title. Give me Austin Aries versus Johnny Impact. I would absolutely adore that. Yeah. Um, but he wants Congo Kong and Jimmy Jacobs first yeah. because obviously they were the men that put him on the shelf. Um, Johnny Impact returned for Slammiversary 16. But yeah, I'd be more than up for uh, Johnny Impact versus Austin Aries if that's yeah. the, where they're going with this. Hope so. <clears throat> yeah, so do I. We then cut backstage to Ali, um, who during this promo I think was attempting to be sort of emotional, but just came across as someone who didn't quite know what to say. Yeah. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sold on her. I'm not, I don't know. I don't mind Ali. It's just that this promo seemed to almost be, I know that not every promotion scripts their promos. But if this promo was scripted, it's very. It struck me as very much as someone who had to keep looking to the left to remember her lines. Yeah, there was a lot of pauses, and you know when she was saying the lines, she seemed very, you know, very emotional, very earnest. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, she had guilt for what happened to Madison Rain. I was like, why? At the hands of Sue Young, um, yeah. you know, it's like Madison Rain wanted a title opportunity. She lost to the champion. That's that's really not your fault. <laughs> She's like, I and should have been a... there. Well, she'd have just yeah. been DQ'd. Wait, but she'd had a match early in the night, so I was just going to say, she was like, well, you know, I was I was too busy. Tessa Blanchard distracted me. You yeah. mean with your own match? <laughs> I, I mean, we can only assume that she means with the coughing stuff afterwards. Um, yeah. But even so, she says that she's going to take on Sue Young single-handedly if necessary. Um, Kira Hogan then offers her help. Um, Ali seems genuinely shocked that anyone has said, "Yeah, I'll I'll team up with you." Yeah, go on then. Seems just kind of goes, "Oh, um, yeah. but yeah. really? Right. You? <laughs> uh, I mean, okay, but I mean, you don't have to. Re- okay." And then sort of looks to the camera and says in a very very unconvincing way, "Now your time is up." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, okay, I I don't believe you. I'm I'm pretty sure Sue Young and the bridesmaids are going to win this week, but okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> now if you watch this on the Global Wrestling Network app, um, you will have had a classic match here. I don't know if this aired on Channel Five or on Pop or on Spike. Possibly not, but we had a classic match between Generation Me. And Motor City Machine Guns from uh, No Surrender 2010. Uh, decent match. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, obviously, Generation Me, uh, the first incarnation of the Young Bucks, they were fighting under the name Max and Jeremy Buck. Um, I can only assume that this match was chosen because of Alex Shelley's recent retirement, which is yeah. horrendous and far yeah. too soon. I know they do stuff like this. Anyway, you said to fill up advert time on the app. Yeah, um, which makes perfect sense. Um, so the Alex Shelley thing—he's—he's he's retiring to go back to college or something. Is that right? Apparently so. I know he was injured. Um, I just know that he's retired. Yeah. Um, which I'm gutted about. Just as we start to do Ring of Honor and Impact reviews, unfortunately, yeah. there's no more Motor City Machine Guns. Um, I mean, it, it's it's good that he's done it on his terms and not being forced to retire. Yeah. Absolutely, because it seems like there's nothing worse than doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's on his terms, so he's not going out with any sort of, in a sort of bitter way. Yeah, and um, it's nice to see as well that he's got other options. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like for selfish reasons, it's it's a bit of a shame. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he was so, so good as well. He was, he was brilliant. I mean, we've we reviewed Slammiversary 2006, and yes, his gimmick was absolutely fucking atrocious. But 
really, really good wrestler. Mm-hmm. You know, in a match where you've got, you know, uh, Sanjay Dutt, Pete Williams, um, and who was Loki, you know, and he was a standout star in that match. Mm. Fair play. And obviously, all the stuff he did with the Motor City Machine Guns, yeah, one of the best tag teams ever. Part of the times. Was he part of the time splitters as well with Kushida? Or was that Chris Saban? I'm not sure. No, was that, I think that was Saban. Was that Saban? We'll have a I look. So, yeah. We'll have a look in a moment. Um, anyway, the Motor City, Motor City Machine Guns went over uh, with the Skull and Bones and Generation Me attacked after the fact. So, <laughs> there you go. A little bit of a uh, little bit of retro impact for you. We cut then to an absolute volley of backstage segments. Yeah. Um, this it wasn't the best sort of fixed bit it seemed to be oh shit we've still got four backstage segments and we've not got to the main event yet crap Come on. put them all in put them all in put them all in um, so we started with a backstage segment with Joe Hendry Grado and Katrina I love Grado I think he's brilliant I love Joe he Hendry is. I think he's ace um, so Joe Hendry's just giving um, Grado was shirt as a peace offering Grado's very very happy about this Eli Drake turns up says we got off on the wrong foot to Joe Hendry gives him a present and he opens it and it's a photo frame with the word love above it uh, with a picture of Joe Hendry and Katrina in it um, <laughs> Grado's gutted Grado is gutted but so Joe Hendry goes this is ridiculous we're going to go and put this in the bin aren't we Katrina yeah yeah in the in the bin Right now, together. Mm. So they go off, and Grado's like, "Why am I not in that picture?" Which <laughs> is just brilliant. <laughs> he was ace. So yeah, fantastic. Uh, we then moved on to a Killer Cross promo, sort of video package that showed a lot, but didn't exactly say a lot. Um, pretty intense. Yeah, very very intense. A lot of red flashing lights. A lot of lots of montages of him killing people. Not actually, obviously, it's wrestling, mm. but. Yeah, just very... Seemed rather out of place and not needed. But there we go. It was a pretty funny one. Yeah, we then had... <laughs> Falabar was just sitting there, you know, just standing there and looking an like a very club. young Yokozuna. Yeah, and an KM comes to him and says, you need to be mean. And apparently, the only thing Falabar can say is the word bar. He's like a Pokemon, effectively, who can only say his name. But KM says, right, come with me. I'll show you what we're going to do. And he says, you need to be mean. Just keeps basically keeps repeating, you need to be mean, but keeps doing really petty, mean <laughs> things. Like he takes someone's mobile phone, puts it down to Falabar's trousers, steals someone's sunglasses, pushes someone over, proper light, Two-year-old knock, bully uh, tricks. Knocks, knocks the drinks out of somebody's hand. No, <laughs> knocks the drinks out. Exactly. Proper, like, two-year-old bully things to do. But Falabar finds it hilarious. Um, and I, I assume this is either the start of a team for them or we're going to see a very, very angry Falabar. Yeah. Which... Be funny. I mean, I think for a comedy team it would be quite funny. Yeah, so do I. So do I. Um, we then cut backstage to the OGs who still have the tag team belts from Slammiversary, um, despite having not won them. And they it's seem to have... The, um, they fixed the spray the paint. The spray paint, yeah, I was just going to say. They've got <laughs> someone to go over the terrible OG's spray paint. Um, <laughs> and basically, it was a very, very uplifting promo from King, saying that they rule the streets now. Yeah, they might have lost the titles, even though they were acting like they'd won the titles. But there hadn't been a peep out of LAX in Slammiversary. He did no. nothing at Conan. He was disappointed in Ortiz and Santana. Said that people will respect the OGs and how they rule the streets now. And words on the street is the OGs. And yeah, that's well, pretty much it. Conan's called out the um, the Young Bucks. Well, that is apparently that? a match on the Jer- Jericho Cruise. Jericho yeah. Cruise, which it, should be LAX entertaining. Yeah, which should be very, very entertaining. Was it you said uh, the Young Bucks have never bled? Wow. And that can't okay. be true. That can't be true. Surely I not. Can't, unless he means really bled. Oh, well, yeah, okay, fair enough. Fair like, enough. Um, like uh, Conan bled. Well, God, well, no one's bled like Conan, Jesus. Um, we then cut to 
possibly my favourite segment just of all time. <laughs> I absolutely love this. Basically, Sammy Callahan and OVE are backstage. They're in a bathroom, and Sammy Callahan's looking at himself, calling himself ugly in the mirror because obviously he's been shaved bald. Jake, is it Jake Crystal, Dave Crystal, the blonde one? The blonde one, anyway, says, I think it's really cool. You look kind of like a pirate. And he, he does look anything like a pirate. But he says, just leave me alone. I'm going to go for a leak. So goes to the toilet. Him and one of the Chris brothers are standing either side of what could all be described as a fan who's standing there having a wee. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sammy Callahan turns round without stopping pissing. So he goes all up this fan's leg. And he's just like, are you looking at my hair? At this point, it's important to notice that Sammy Callahan is wearing a cap. Um, are you looking at my hair? Uh, no. All the, all the while, this piss is going up this fan's leg. And um, the Chris brother's like, yeah, he is looking at your hair. So they grab the fan, they drag him to the ground and sort of sort of hold him there. And uh, Sammy Callahan yells in his face, tell me I'm pretty! <laughs> Which is just fantastic. This fan is absolutely shitting himself and they shave his head, which is incredibly harsh. And this fan, they must have found the fan or the the extra with the most hair as well because it took an age to shave his hair off. Don't like cut bits off and then shave it. Yeah, they couldn't do that though. So I think it's Jake. I think Jake is the one with darker hair. Yeah. Um, So it takes him absolutely ages to get it up. So the the poor fan has to sell it for absolutely (laughs) bloody ages. But yeah, really, really good segment. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. We then moved on to the main event, which was a rematch from Slammiversary. Um, Matt Seidel uh, using his rematch clause almost instantly uh, for the X Division Championship. Uh, So he'll be taking on the champion, Brian Cage. This was a lot better than their Slammiversary match, I thought. Yeah, that's all I've got. Um... And I've still, I've also got written down that I still can't take Cage as a face. He's still just got. I think it might be because the couple of times that I've seen Lucha Underground, like Series One, he was in it. Is he? And he was a he, and he was a heel. Is he just himself, or is he Mil Muertes? Uh, he's not no, Muertes, is he? He's just he's just himself, but he's oh, okay. just this big hulking. I'm sure the match. I'm sure one of the match I've seen him was against, um, what do you call him, Ricochet? What? Well, it wasn't Ricochet. Um, uh, Prince Puma. Prince Puma. I'm sure it was against him, and it was a good match. But like Brian, I'm sure Brian Cage was a heel. This big sort of hulking heel. Yeah. And I just can't take him. I can't take him as like a face. I don't know what it is. <laughs> he does. He does seem to be built for heel. But saying that, I mean, you know, look at... I hate to keep um, comparing it to WWE, but like Braun Strowman, he's, you know, you'd think he's a heel. He's just a massive monster, but, you know, there might be a way of making him face. Um, Really good match. They're on the outside. Uh, Matt Seidel tries to go for a double knees off the apron. Cage catches him by the knees and throws him into the (laughs) ring post, which looks quite funny. Um, He does manage... uh, Seidel does manage to connect with the uh, knees later on outside onto the ramp. But Seidel does tweak his knee, um, but he targets Cage's knee so that he can't get him up for the, um, what was it called? The driller, what's his, drill claw. Couldn't remember his finishing move then. Um, There's a really good, um, like, of all the moves to do, like, uh, Cage does like a hurricanrana. He does, yeah, which is the move that turns the tides because up until that point, Seidel was on top. Um, There was a pump handle Samoan drop, which looked amazing. Um, they did steal really the snap. They did steal the snap Rana spot from Slammiversary, where Brian Cage goes for the drill claw, and oh, yeah, Sidal yeah. reversed it with the snap Rana. It was really good though. Uh, yeah, really good, really good spot. I'm just. It was just. I noticed that it had happened twice. Cage did a six one nine as well. Yes, he did. He did do six one nine. Which, considering the size of the man, he is stupidly athletic. Yeah. You know, he's doing standing moonsaults and shit. It's just ridiculous. (laughs) Um, There was a clothesline, which I think they call... Oh, what did they call it? It was something like the 
the monster clothesline or something like that. The freak clothesline, I can't remember what it was. Um, but Seidel, again, just literally 540 degrees. Yeah. He went absolutely flying. Um, and then, obviously, Brian Cage picks him up, Drill Claw. Victory he retains, which I think everyone assumed that he would do. Um, and that was the end of Impact Wrestling. Really good yeah. show, Garth. What do you think? Yeah. Really, really good. A few, a bit too many sort of backstage stuff like clumped together. Yeah, I but, agree. But yeah, it was it was really good. It was that. I mean, that main event was much better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, very far easier to follow. I thought. Yeah, far easier to follow. Um, I can't believe he pulled out an F five as well. Yes, Seems. and that was they did just say like oh, and then Sidell kicked out as though a massive yeah. fuck you. You know, like, oh, F5. They called it an F5. As they well. did, yeah. Just look, think about the people that Brian Cage has pulled has put away with that F5 so many times. <laughs> it was just like not Matt Seidel though, small, small Matt Seidel. Um, but yeah, well, really, good, really, really good yeah. show. Say again. Just good. It just built on a few of the sort of the fallout from Slammiversary, um, and th- I mean the the. The title picture is interesting. I'm interested to see where that goes tonight. Very much, very much so. And then tonight we've got uh, Sue Young and her bridesmaid zombie person versus Ali and Kira Hogan. We've got what should be a fantastic tag team match between uh, the Lucha Bros, which is Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix, taking on the Christ Brothers. I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be amazing. Um, yeah, it's going to be a good night. We're going to hear from the OGs. We're going to hear from the Desi Hit Squad. So yeah, should be good. Should be good. Um, yeah, we're sorry it's been a bit later than usual. And perhaps a little bit rust. It's ju- uh, rushed. It's just that this is the fourth time we've attempted to record this podcast. So <laughs> I apologise for that. Um, we'll see you uh, at our new day on Tuesday, where we'll be reviewing uh, tonight's Impact and then Ring of Honor 359. Chris will be back continuing to review the G1 Climax on Sunday. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at Podmania, on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and CastBox. You can follow me at at WheelRobGoodwin. Garth, where can they find you? at Drummer Jackson fantastic and until then we'll see you again on Tuesday thank you so much guys we'll talk to you again soon okay see you guys <laughs>